Kill Bowser, chill. Micah Clark and welcome back to the at the buzzer podcast um <laughs> what more can I say uh the NBA season is for right now on hold Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell were two of the first to catch the um COVID formerly known as the coronavirus. Um, I think they caught it Wednesday or was it Thursday? Might have been Thursday. And as soon as they caught it, boom, they canceled the whole league. It was the right idea. They they had the right idea. I mean, you don't want them playing with other players, you know, and them potentially get sick because the Jazz played about five teams, and they've all been quarantined and tested, and I believe that um, none of them have it. But a young fan did end up catching the coronavirus from Rudy Gobert, from an autograph, which is crazy because the young fan caught it from an autograph, but Sergi Baca kissed the ball that Rudy Gobert was touching, and he didn't have it, which is crazy. So this is going to be the last podcast for at least the next month. So let's make it count, man. Um, since there is no games being played for a while and nothing like that, um, this episode I'm dedicating to talking about the best moments or at least my favorite moments of the season. But before we get into that, we definitely have to talk about like the worst part of our season it's been a hard season man you know um with the untimely fortunate tragic death of one of the greatest players to ever live Kobe Bryant and you know the old saying you never know what you have until it's gone we we appreciated Kobe like we we loved Kobe all of us if you're a fan of the sport, you know Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant is that guy. But when he died, it still felt like we didn't appreciate him enough, you know? We're never ready for death, if, it, if that makes sense. Like, we can prepare for it. We can think about it in our minds. We can replay how we would react if one of our loved ones died. But when it actually happens... I, we're never prepared for it. Um, Kobe is one of my favorite players, if not my favorite player of all time. Uh, him, Dirk Nowitzki, and Kevin Garnett, they, they got me into basketball. Like The first game I remember as a kid was in 2000, was it 2008? I've been watching basketball all my life. But the, the one game that's in my brain always is the game versus the Suns where he hit that game winner off of a jump ball to beat the Suns. 
since then, I knew it was Kobe. It was Kobe and it was the Lakers. And I've been a diehard fan since then. I've researched, I've watched highlights, I've watched full games, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Shaq, you know, um, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, teams like that, that were highly successful. And I've built myself into the culture. I've jumped head first into the culture and I haven't gotten out of it since. Kobe was great. He is great and will forever be. Um, but this, or I'm sorry, his death taught us to appreciate everybody all the time because you don't know when they're leaving. You don't know when they're going to die. His death was un- like, we didn't, like, it was random. The night before, he was talking to LeBron James, congratulating him on passing him in an all-time scoring list. Day later, boom, dies in a helicopter crash. We have to appreciate everybody all of the time. Because even though we appreciated Kobe, we loved Kobe. When he died, we weren't ready for it. We're never going to be ready for it. But what I'm saying is, we, we appreciated Kobe. Every single second, not every single second, but every single minute that we knew him. <clears throat> and imagine the people we don't appreciate, the people we don't think about all the time, you know? The people we don't talk about all the time when they die, you know? It's crazy. We just got to appreciate people, um, make life count, and just live the best we can, you know? But, um... All that sad stuff out the way. May the man rest in peace. May the great live on forever. But uh, let's get into our favorite moments of the season, man. Um, How many games did the Clippers and Celtics play each other? Because every single one of those games were bangers. I remember watching both of those games, and I was like, wow. I know I'm a Laker fan, but I really would not mind to see the Celtics and the Clippers play in the NBA Finals if these are the type of games they're going to produce. I mean, shoot, like, the Celtics have really came into their own. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, the whole team has just gotten together and come as, like, developed into one great team. And, of course, excuse me, I'm not going to say the season is over, over, because they're planning on playing. Once the season gets back, like, once the season continues, this team is scary, bro. This team is scary. They might be they're the biggest threat to the books, honestly. Either them or the Raptors. They're the biggest threat to the books, um, to them getting to the NBA Finals. But the Celtics versus the Clippers games, all of them were close. Marcus Smart jumping around, diving for loose balls, even though he knows it's going out of bounds. Him shooting. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Let me check the stats. Give me a second. I got to check the stats. I can't even check the stats. My internet down. But Marcus Morris, not Marcus Morris, Marcus Smart shooting terrible, but still making a huge impact. That's why he's one of my favorite players, bro. Definitely. But, um. Those were two of my favorite games. Uh, the first time they played, that was definitely game of the year to me. But, hey, 
um, both, oh, sorry, all three of the Clippers versus Lakers games. I know the Clippers have a 2-1 lead right now on my Lakers. But um, those games were good. Those games were close. The Christmas game was my favorite because we were so close to winning. But the Clippers did a great job climbing back and Patrick Beverly, even though we all have a sort of disdain for him. He, he did a great job defending LeBron James and ultimately winning them that game. But um, third game was also very good. LeBron James, even though he didn't have his best game shooting the ball-wise, he shot 7 for 17. Um, he stepped up, and he controlled the game. He made the game his pace, and he was the most important piece of the puzzle of them winning that game, of the Lakers winning that game. But, um, yeah, next up we have All-Star Weekend. Um, All-Star Weekend was definitely one of the best All-Star Weekends of the last 10 years. Or 20, maybe. One of the best of the last 20 years. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, great three-point competition. Buddy Hill wins the three-point competition. Great dunk contest. Well, however you feel about it, you can't tell me it wasn't a very good dunk contest. Whoever won, won. But it was a great dunk contest. And honestly, maybe the greatest all-star game of all time, seeing the competitiveness and the fourth quarter blows every other all-star game out of the water to me. The fourth quarter was so intense, it felt like an NBA Game 7 championship, like NBA Finals Game 7 game. We had Giannis blocking LeBron shot off the backboard. We had LeBron playing great defense on Giannis. We had Kyle Lowry trying to take charges in the All-Star game. And some people say that he kind of ruined the All-Star game, which I don't get because he brought a whole new intensity to the All-Star game, trying to take charges, diving on the floor for the ball. It's what Kyle Lowry does. And if that's what he does, I mean – he brought a whole new, you know, life to the game. He took those two charges. When he took those two charges, I got up and I screamed, even though, of course, I was going for Team LeBron because LeBron and AD was on the same team and they played for my Lakers. I got up and I screamed. I was like, heck yes. This is what we need. The new format is definitely what we needed. Um, It's... Sad that it had to come to the expense of Kobe Bryant's death for us to finally decide, hey, we need to make a change and we really need to play hard to honor him, you know? But um, All-Star Weekend was amazing to me, I guess. But uh, next up, Zion Williamson. As you know, Zion Williamson didn't get to play until, I think, was it... January, maybe? He didn't get to play to January because of uh, knee problems. And they were trying to teach him how to walk <laughs> like he was a deer or something. Like he was a three-year-old. But they had to teach him how to walk better so when he does run and jump, his knees can be more stable. Once he got on the court, you could tell his presence was – he made his presence felt. What did he drop? 31 points in the first game? I don't have stats here. I'm going off, off, off the dome, off the top of the head. 
he had what 31 points first game, four for four from three. Since then, he's averaged well the whole season. He's averaged 20, 23, 22, 23, 24 points, eight rebounds. He's shooting 55 percent from the from the field, which is impressive, super impressive. It doesn't matter if he's only shooting layups, like that's still impressive. I don't. I, 55% from the field is impressive. You know, um, one of the best rookie seasons so far, I, I guess, ever, even though he's only played 30-something games. This is a very impressive uh, rookie season for Zion Williamson, you know. The boy is going to be special. Uh, I still, if, the, if they still, they're going to do regular season awards when the season resumes. But I still have John Morant winning rookie of the year which I'll get to John Morant later on. But uh, I still have John Morant winning Rookie of the Year because, uh, you know, Zion's only played, what, 30-some games, maybe 40 games now. So, yeah, next up, Mitchell Robinson of the New York Knicks. This guy has become maybe my favorite player in the league this season to watch. The dude is super athletic. He's only getting better as a rim protector, as a defender, and as a lob threat. And he has all defense, all defensive team, you know, potential. He has all-time great Knicks big man potential. If he just continues to improve and the Knicks coaching staff continues to put him in the game, if why do we have Todd Gibson in the game, bro? Like <laughs> that's 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 for another time. Well, Mitchell Robinson has improved. He's continuing to improve. When he gets more minutes, the more he plays, the better he's going to become. And we might see him on a couple of all NBA defensive team lists in the near future. Reminder: This is only his second season. The boy has been playing great, and it's only his second season even though he does play for the Knicks. And the Knicks themselves have improved drastically. <laughs> even though they're still bad, they've improved drastically. And they're going to continue to improve if they continue to work with this young core they got. CP3 is a target for them, which isn't a good idea. CP3 is old. CP3 has a big contract. And if you don't give him another superstar or if you don't give him a superstar to play with, they're still going to be a bad team. So I don't know what CP3 is going to fix. I mean, he, he did a great job with the OKC Thunder, but, you know, it's the, it's the Knicks. What can he do at the Knicks? I, I guess you need a good playmaker for Mitchell Robinson, which I understand. But you have a great playmaker coming in the draft. You have LaMelo Ball, the best playmaker in the draft, coming to you. And he's young, and he can improve along with Mitchell Robinson, along with R.J. Barrett, along with uh, Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox, yeah. Along with Frank, yeah, to Kalina, whatever, his, however you say his last name. They can, he can improve with those players, you know? But, uh. Mitchell Robinson has definitely improved, and I'm excited to see where he goes from here. Next up, the uh, Toronto Raptors, definitely one of the most surprising teams this season. Them and the OKC Thunder, of course. Um, the Raptors lost 
Kawhi Leonard in free agency this summer or last summer, which, of course, it was expected because, you know, Kawhi was traded from the Spurs to the Raptors. And Kawhi made the best out of his situation. He took the Raptors to the NBA championship and won it in six games against the Golden State Warriors. I hope Golden State Warriors, but hey, God's plan, you know. But since they've lost them, it feels like they haven't missed a beat, especially defensively. Second best defense, defense, defense in the league uh, next to the Raptors. My bad, next to the Milwaukee Bucks. One of the best defensive teams in the whole league. Anybody on that team can go off on any given night. OG Anobi is um, progressing nicely. You know, Pascal Siakam has done well stepping into that leadership role, stepping into that score role. You know, as soon as he gets a more consistent jump shot, I, I believe he's going to be a superstar. But Serge Ibaka, players like that, you know, they have done a great job playing defense. And they've done a great job, you know, scoring the ball. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, anybody can go off on any given night. And I know we all give Kyle Lowry. First off, before I talk about Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet, I forgot to say his name. He's done a great job, too. <laughs> but before, you know, before the season, before every season, we give Kyle Lowry a lot of flack. You know, he's not a Hall of Fame point guard to me, but he is a great point guard. He, he's a good he's a good point guard. They're, his his jersey is gonna be in the rafters, in in the in the stands, up high in the ceiling. They're gonna hang his jersey. But the way he play makes he's a great shot creator. He makes dumb decisions sometimes, but he's a great player. And I commend him for being such a good player. I commend him last season in the NBA Finals for stepping up when they needed him the most and getting a bucket. So, yeah, man, the Toronto Raptors, like I said with the Celtics, man, the Raptors are also a big threat to the uh, Bucks getting to the NBA championship, bro. No cap. But um, next up, speaking of the Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks have been balling. You know what I'm saying? Giannis is putting up a um, a historic season, a all-time great season. How many points he averaged? About 30 points, 29, 30 points, 14, 15 rebounds a game. Great. Amazing, you know? Leading his team to the best record in the NBA what are they now? Um, 50 something in 10, 60 in 10, no 50, maybe 60 something in 10. It's like 16, 17 games up. So I honestly don't know. I don't have anything here. I'm going off the top of the head. Giannis, one of the best defensive players in the league. Um, the Bucks, the best defensive team in the league. <clears throat> Chris Middleton has stepped up as that second option, as that Robin to Giannis's Batman. You know, uh, averaging 20 points per game, having a 50, 40, 90 season, 50% from the field, 90% from the free throw line, 40% from three, having a great season. 
I honestly think once the season resumes that this team is enough to win an NBA championship. They don't give them enough credit because I guess we have two great teams in the West that are going to kill each other. Absolutely have a heavyweight bout, which is probably going to end in six or seven games between the Clippers and the Lakers. Or even if it's not the Clippers and the Lakers, the Rockets and the Lakers or the Rockets and the Clippers. Those are going to be heavyweight bouts that are probably going to end in six or seven games. So once we see the Bucks run, run rough shot through the AFC, run rough shot through another team, and potentially, potentially have maybe a game six or a game seven series against the Celtics, or the Raptors, or whoever they play, you know, they're going to be more rested than the Lakers, or the Clippers, or the Rockets, you know, they're going to be more rested, so I don't think they give them enough credit, um, I don't think they give them a fair enough shot to win the NBA championship, but only time will tell, we don't know when the playoffs are going to be played, we don't know if the playoffs are even going to be played, you know, so it's whatever, um, John Morant, has had a great rookie season, leading uh, the Memphis Grizzlies to the eighth seed. I know some teams are, like, riddled with injuries, but, hey, who cares? He's still a rookie leading his team to the eighth seed, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Um, a lot of missed highlight dunks, though. And I'm tired of seeing <laughs> all of his missed posters on Bleacher Report, on ESPN, on all of these with, uh, media outlets. You know, why are you posting <laughs> – Miss dunks. That doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? Well, John Moran has had a great season. Uh, can't say much more about him. Great playmaker. Great finisher. I'd rather see more of his highlights of him actually finishing than, you know, whatever. <laughs> but John Moran, not much I can say about him, man. Great player. I'm excited to see where he goes from here. Um, Lakers weekend. Definitely one of my favorite my favorites, uh Moments of the season. Lakers weekend. Wins over the Bucks and the Clippers in, what, three days? Great play by LeBron James. Great play by the team all together. Um, Avery Bradley stepped up big time in the Clippers game last Sunday. Great, just great overall. Just great overall. It, it shows me and it shows everybody else how good this team can be. I know people are going to be like, oh, it's just a regular season, da-da-da. But those are the same people that are trying to dismiss them when they lose to the Clippers or when they lose to the Bucks. So it's whatever. It's not just a regular. I mean, it is just a regular season. Come on. It's just a regular season. But the regular season is, is um, the regular season shows us how good teams can be. And even then, even then when we lost to the Clippers and the Bucks, it showed us what we could improve on. It showed us what we can do to get better. And the Lakers weekend showed us how good we can actually be when we key in on Giannis, when we make sure Kawhi is the only one scoring the ball and that Paul George does not touch the ball in the fourth quarter. Because Paul George went off in the Clippers game, I mean, in the Clippers-Lakers game last Sunday. He had 31 points, but he only shot the ball two times in the fourth quarter. We did a great job keying in on him. Kawhi shot 10 – no, he shot – um what, five for nine, ended up dropping 10 points, 12, 10, 12 points in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't enough 
because we got Paul George out of the game. We made Marcus Moore shoot the ball. We made Marcus Moore shoot 0 for 9 from the field. The Clippers shot 35% in the fourth quarter. That fourth quarter defense is what the Lakers need throughout the rest of the season going into the playoffs. And if they have that fourth quarter defense, they will win the championship. Legit. Keep Blue William out of the game. Keep Patrick Beverly upset so he can do dumb stuff. I mean, that's all he does. Reach, foul, push. Gets one steal and flexes. That's it. If we get him out of the game, if we get them all mentally out of the game, there's nobody that can stop the Lakers. But, um, yeah, man, and last but not least, all of the podcasts and articles and all of the friends I've made throughout this season, uh, NBA Twitter is a strange place, but I've still made great friends. Shout out to the boys in the group chat. Honestly, can I say, I'm going to say your names. Here we go. All of these boys in the group chat, man. Here we go. Boom. Shout out 280. Shout out Robel. Shout out Pluto. Shout out Rump. I honestly don't know how to say your name. Shout out Uriel. Shout out Core Insights, man. Shout out KJ. Shout out Jules. Shout out Goat James. Shout out This Is Real. Shout out um, Randy. <laughs> Shout out Sports Source. Shout out Swavy. Shout out Samuel. Shout out Miles. Shout out Merrick. Shout out Reggie. Shout out. I'm going to just say you're at FPS RPG. Shout out Jess. <laughs> Shout out Rita, man. Shout out Rudy. Shout out Lyles. Shout out Delane. Shout out Mojo. Shout out Nico. Shout out NBA One Hoops. Shout out Swell. Sowell. Caesars. Shout out Caesars. <laughs> Shout out uh, Cool. You know? Shout out everybody that has uh, helped me along the way. Shout out everybody that has watched my podcast. Shout out everybody that has seen my um, website and has checked it out. This has been a journey, man. A great season so far. And hopefully the season isn't over. Because we still have a lot to write about. We still have a lot to talk about on the At The Buzzer podcast. And um, yes, this is going to be the last one for a minute. But hey, if it's meant to be, man, it'll come back to us. <laughs> but um, that's it for me, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. This might be the longest podcast I've ever done. I talked a lot. Uh, that's good. I've improved a lot throughout these last couple of months, man. I now have like a script I go by. <laughs> I wasn't just talking off the top of my head like the first few episodes. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed it, man. Share with your mother, father, cat, dog, uncle, auntie, and everybody around you. And um, as always, have a great day. I love you all. I'll see you next time.